ocean All I know is the world looks beautiful The world looks so damn beautiful and I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day Hello. When I Hello, welcome to Your Being Unreasonable, the podcast about people being unreasonable on mumsnet.com with me, Hals. And me, Simon. What's new, Simon? Well, I think we're 99 episodes in. It's time to issue a few corrections. Go on. Was it last episode we talked about makeup as a form of catfishing? Yes. It turns out the makers of Catfish UK think it is. They think that everything is catfishing. They said that everyone is a catfish. Everyone's a catfish because some people use filters on their pictures and some people don't. I don't know what they're on about. Nonsense. I'm not looking forward to Catfish UK. <laughs> the other was, we talked a few weeks ago about about buying jeans. And we were joking that I can't get jeans in my size. They don't do them in my size. And I need to and we're issue all being an apology. A bit playful. I was joking. Hells was joking. I said, no, they do make them in your size, so you just can't be bothered to look. But then Simon looked. Yeah, and now that non-essential no. shops are open again, I went to look and re-remembered... And Hell's discovered that they don't make jeans in my size. They did I know once. my size, and they don't have them. They're not in the shop. There's, there's only two pairs of them in the world, and they've both got holes in the bum. Yeah. So that was that was what it was. It was nice while it lasted, and now big jeans again. But now I've worn, I've sat down so much this lockdown, I've worn <laughs> holes in the bum of my good jeans. But big jeans are what the TikTok teens wear. Big jeans for TikTok teens. Big jeans. Or TikTok teens. So maybe people will just think you're a TikTok teen. Should we do the speed round? Yeah. Am I being unreasonable to ask how many of you have had cosmetic surgery? Yeah, it's none of your business. Also, no one's going to be able to answer. They can't say, oh, yeah, it's 3,000 of us on mum's net. <laughs> Am I being unreasonable? Poo in my skip. Uh, it doesn't sound great, but it's better there than somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, unless they mean, am I being unreasonable to poo in my skip? Then don't poo in a skip. Oh yeah, if it's poo as a verb. Yeah. Don't do that. Am I being unreasonable to ask a super quick question, please? No, go for it. Go for it. we got time. Come on, you're wasting our time. <laughs> That's the question. And am I being unreasonable? Please tell me I am not unreasonable. This seems like a, a wild gaming of the formula. <laughs> Oh, well, shall we do a full thread? Yes. Perfect. Am I being unreasonable to not know how to go to the beach and to ask for help? I live in North Hampshire and I'm desperate to take my kids to the beach tomorrow. We've hardly been anywhere for 12 months, so I just don't know the procedures. I guess I can go almost anywhere, as most places will be a drive of at least an hour. Do I have to book anything, like parking? Am I allowed to go? One boy is also celiac, which doesn't help. If I can get fish and chips on the beach, that would be awesome, but it's not essential. I just don't know how to go about all this anymore. Non-essential fish and chips. Non-essential When are the non-essential beach? fish and chips shops opening? <laughs> the essential ones have been open this whole time because they sell food. Yeah, key we workers. Need the non-essential ones. We need the non-essential fish and chips. What's a non-essential fish? Scampi. Oh, I was thinking maybe it's one that sells like goldfish in little bags like you get at the fun fair and chips like you'd use at the casino. Yes, yes, that is. What I'm picturing is... That would is... be the worst fish and chip <laughs> shop to go to. I'm picturing the arcades, I think, mm. which you also get at the beach. Yeah. I call the arcades non-essential fish and chip shop. Why? It's very confusing. Really alien, I really wish you bad. wouldn't. Really bad. Uh, but yeah, we've all been in lockdown uh, a long time at this point, apart from New Zealanders. And <laughs> um, 
We've forgotten how to do things. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. How do you go to the beach? How do you socialise? How do you meet people? And because of the shape sure of New I Zealand, know. I think New Zealanders already had the edge on us with going to the beach. Yeah, with regards to beach going. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're a little island as well. It's just our beaches are cold. There should have been more scenes in Lord of the Rings filmed on the New Zealand beaches. That would have given beaches us... Beaches not a big feature of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. That would have given us a better idea of how to go to the beach because we could simply refer back to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. You set aside mm-hmm. a day, you watch all the films, and then you've learned everything there is to know about the beach. But as it stands, they didn't prepare us. They I wonder didn't if prepare us. Hobbits do not wear footwear. Mm. They have big hairy feet. But do you, would they wear jellies at the beach so that the stones in the sea don't nip their little toes? Yeah, I think that would be nice for them. I don't want them to be uncomfortable. Mm. Would hobbits wear jellies at the beach? The greatest threat in history. Do they make jellies in hobbit sizes or is it like jeans for you? No, because a hobbit could just buy a normal man's size and because of their small stature. Oh, of course. That their feet would be proportionate to a normal man's feet. Of course, I didn't think this through at all. Yeah. But I've not often seen the beach selling men's jellies, adult men's jellies. <laughs> Usually they have them for little children. This is it, man. Don't don't go all the way to Mount Doom. Just go to the beach and lob that ring into the sea. <laughs> it's cool. Someone's not going to go into the sea. And then you can go to the arcades. Yeah, job done. The non-essential fish and chip shop. Sorted. Tolkien, we have some notes. I think I've just realised that the word I'm thinking of that you use at the casino is actually chit. Let's get to the question. (laughs) I live in North Hampshire and I'm desperate to take my kids to the beach tomorrow. We've hardly been anywhere for 12 months, so I don't know the procedures. Don't know beach procedures. Don't know beach procedures. And there's never a beach warden, is there? There's never the beach marshal to tell you what the procedures are. You don't get an induction. When you arrive at the seaside town, there's not someone there waiting to do the procedures list with you. No, there's not the little mayor from the town in Jaws ready to tell you that the beach is perfectly safe. Thank you. (laughs) And we're opening this summer. <laughs> and I tell you where to get a towel. Although I suspect that if there were that, that might be enough to tell you to get back in the car and go back to North Hampshire. No one knows what to do. No one knows what to do with regards to beach. Well, people live by the sea. The people who live by the sea have been surviving just fine. They haven't been staring out of their seafront windows, <laughs> panicking. What are the procedures? What are the procedures? Do you have to book anything? Like parking? How would you I don't think you book, book parking, parking anywhere, do you? Maybe at a hotel. If you go into a hotel, you might want to book into the car park. Yeah, maybe. But not at the beach. Not for a day trip, surely. Well, it seems odd, although... You can't pre-book your parking. Maybe it'd be better if you could, though, because it is very annoying when you get somewhere and there's nowhere to park and then you have to drive around for hours and you want to be at the beach and you see the beach occasionally, but mostly you're on the back roads. It's also annoying if you pre-booked your parking and the... Booker doesn't turn up and you're just driving around. You can't park in those spaces because they're booked, (laughs) but they're there. And the mayor of the town is saying, no, they're booked. No. Shoo, shoo. Off, off. Go around the Like pub tables where if the booker is 15 minutes late, then they free it up. So you have to drive around the block for 15 minutes. Yeah. The, the, The serious point here is that the sort of rules, at least in the UK, around travel and short-range travel have been quite rubbish like there's no definition of i don't think that's very fair on the rest of the uk i think that's an england England, problem i was thinking as i said it because wales uh, and scotland Scotland. seem to have had pretty clear-cut rules i don't know about northern ireland yeah you can't go within five miles i don't know about northern ireland No, you can't go beyond five miles you can't go within five miles (laughs) it'd be an amazing coup 
You can leave your house, but you must go out with five miles. Yeah, Northern Ireland may have had something similar. I know the Republic did. Yeah. That was like five kilometres or something. Yeah, they had checkpoints set up. Checkpoints, checkpoints even. Yeah. But England, England as always, has let the side down with really vague travel restrictions. Yeah, they had travel restrictions during the bit last summer where we weren't in lockdown, but they said that you shouldn't travel outside your immediate area, where I was trying to go to a park that was... A single train journey away, and I honestly had no idea if it was legal. Yeah, don't know. Genuinely thought that I might get on the train and be arrested. (laughs) Please try and stay at home. Well, yeah, but what does that mean in practice? Well, if you can't stay at home, then obviously don't. What? (laughs) But can can we or not? Stay in your local area. Well, that depends on what you perceive your local area to be. Yeah, so are we allowed to go to the beach? I don't know. Yeah, it's actually quite a sweet question. I'm laughing at it a bit because it's very silly, but it is quite sweet. It's like... This person just wants a nice day out and they want to do it within the rules. They're looking out for their family and for the rest of society mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. regards to COVID. I do feel a bit mean for picking it, but also, am I being unreasonable to not know how to go to the beach? It's just the most mum's letty thing. I don't know how to beach. <laughs> Adulting fail. <laughs> Beaching is hard. <laughs> No, that's like that time that guy trolled you because you were like, oh, our washing machine's broken. That's annoying. And then some guy like quote tweeted you saying, adulting is hard. It's like, what? I wasn't saying adulting is hard. I was saying my washing machine's broken. <laughs> it's a pain. I don't know how to go to the beach. I have to engage with it. Beaching is hard. Beaching's not hard though because whales do that and whales are pretty thick. Yeah, but it's actually bad for whales. When whales get beached, that's not like... They're not hanging out having a cocktail with their girls. No, I wouldn't say they were. They're not under a big umbrella having a mojito. No, but they do beach and it is easy to do. Yeah, it's true. Although, also, you said whales are pretty thick. And I hope you mean with two C's because that, yes. But they're very intelligent (laughs) as far as intelligence is a thing worth measuring. Yeah. (laughs) Whales, hobbits at the beach, all thick with two C's. (laughs) Uh, let's hear from the thread you just go like pre-covid times take a pat lunch you'll queue for ages for fish and chips and they'll likely make him ill right but this is this is what we're saying maybe we have too much sympathy for the op because that's what they're asking like pre-covid times what was it like in pre-covid yeah times? we do not know we do not remember so much has happened this year I think it's a bit mean as well to turn up and tell a parent of a child with celiac that they shouldn't do something because it'll make their kid ill as if they haven't thought that through. Like they're That's saying, why they mentioned it. They're mentioning it because, oh, you can go anywhere now. Have fun. <laughs> wow, you can go anywhere. I don't think you can go anywhere now. No, I was reading about that Norwegian man who went up Everest with COVID. He Jesus. was like, I had to go up Everest with COVID because I hadn't climbed Everest, but I'd done the other six big summits. What? The first person to climb it with COVID is quite a kill. No, no. Being the first, highlighting someone as the first of something as an achievement is a thing usually used for marginalised people as a way to, I don't know, make it seem like progress has happened when structural barriers haven't been removed. But this is even worse. (laughs) This is being the biggest prick on Everest. Mm. When they've already said, can you all stop climbing Everest? I'm sure they've already asked people to stop climbing Everest. But to this commenter's point, you can't go anywhere. You can't go to India. It's tragic what's happening in India. It really is. You can't and should not go there. Um, Someone has said, did you do this pre-COVID? Oh, imagine if it was your first trip to the beach ever. If you were like, no, I'm going to seize the day. If there's one thing I've learned from lockdowns, it's like I'm a grown-up with children. I've never never, visited the beach. never know when your last trip to the beach might be. Even when your first trip to the beach might be. Treat each trip to the beach as if it's your last. 
That sounds really bleak. <laughs> Stare out at the sea. <laughs> Walk into the sea. <laughs> Let the water consume you. <laughs> Consider your regrets. <laughs> Make your peace with those you've wronged. Forgive those who've wronged you. <laughs> Let the salt water cleanse your sin. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> treating each trip to the beach as if it's your last is fine as long as you're Meryl Streep in a film. <laughs> it just sounds like a Meryl Streep film mm-hmm. to me. Someone said, why don't you get up early, arrive for breakfast, and then you can make your own bacon sandwiches, take your own gluten-free bread and a flask. Again, the parent of so a child with celiac understands about gluten-free food. Yeah. You don't need... It's not like this is their first trip to the beach and the first day they've given a shit if their son gets sick. <laughs> oh, he's, he's been really ill this whole time, actually, but now... We're planning a trip to the beach, but we just discovered he's celiac. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Am I being unreasonable to think there are no women without imposter syndrome? I suffer terribly with imposter syndrome. I am an experienced professional and I work in a high-performing environment. I'm in a constant state of anxiety. I feel like a fraud and I'm very hard on myself for the smallest error. I always reflect on what I've said in meetings and feel like a complete fool. Everyone around me seems highly competent and more in favour with the boss. I'm exhausted with it all and think daily about resigning because I'm just not good enough and I can't take the pressure anymore. On the other hand, I earn well and I feel fortunate to have the position I have. I've read that this is very common in women. Anyone out there not feel like they're failing every day? That they are good at their job? How do you do it? I'd love to learn some more coping mechanisms and generally, how do I give myself a break? I'm also thinking daily that because this job makes me miserable, I should just give up and leave. It's a very alpha and competitive culture. But then I'd probably beat myself up for that too. Any advice welcome. So this woman feels normal the way that we all feel every day? This woman thinks that all women have imposter syndrome rather than thinking that all societal structures are set up in favour of the patriarchy (laughs) and that imposter syndrome is a way to put blame back onto individuals rather than address structural problems. That's the the high horse I have when I chose this thread. I've got nothing more to add. (laughs) There must be some women without imposter syndrome. Oh, they come along later. We'll hear from them. We'll hear from them in good time. Yeah, I'm thinking of Melania Trump, Theresa May, uh, that (laughs) woman who wrote Lean In. You're thinking of terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Thatcher. It wouldn't surprise me if Theresa May self-identified as someone with imposter syndrome. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if Theresa May was one of the introverts either. If Theresa May is now on mum's net saying, I'm an introvert and that means that I can't abide anything or anyone. Jacinda Ardem. I don't think so. I think she's she's got her head strewn on straight. Yeah. And, you know, I think it probably helps if you are a woman running a country. I think mm. that gives you a degree of power over the structural issues that mean that women think that it's imposter syndrome rather than society. So, you know, the generalisation that all women have imposter syndrome is just really upsetting to me because it really feels like you've internalised a lot of blame for things that make you feel bad. And I don't like that. Again, I'm really like... I don't want to laugh at the OP. I just think the OP is raising some serious questions about how we live now. Yeah. Your problem's capitalism. Your problem's capitalist patriarchy. It is. And I mean, that's... As always. That is the crux of 99 episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dismantle that and maybe you won't feel this way. Yeah. I was... Um, while I was up in the middle of the night just browsing the whole of the internet, I was looking at people responding to a tweet with an extract from a CBT book that said, um, like... 
Good thinking. My boss shouted at me. My boss must be having a bad day. No depression. Maladaptive thinking. My boss shouted at me. It's my fault. Depression. <laughs> and it's like, that's that's garbage. Yeah. That's absolute garbage. That's about the power structures of working in an environment that makes mm-hmm. that acceptable. And yeah, it's that. It's not... And also, it feels like you're doing women a disservice by saying all women are just running around feeling like they don't know what they're doing. Come on. Should we hear from the people who don't have imposter syndrome and they are desperate to tell us? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Me. I'm quite senior at work in a global corporation and I've never felt like an imposter. I always feel like I'm good at my job because I am. I can't teach you any tricks, but if you're good at your job and delivering, you know it. That sounds like the uh, the clip you get when they're showing the upcoming candidates on The Apprentice. It sounds like part of the uh, sort of voiceover narration of American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning I get up and throw on Givenchy number 12 face cream. I'm good at my job and I know it. <laughs> Someone's responded to that saying, funny you say that because I find it's equally common to see overconfident people who think they're great being terrible performers at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone else has said, not me, sorry, I've worked hard and continue to, I'm good at my job and I deserve to be there. No, you don't. Like, also, that's not addressing, imposter syndrome isn't some people are shit at their jobs and other people are good. Yeah. Saying I feel like an imposter doesn't mean I'm terrible at my job, are you? No, it's having a modicum of self-awareness, self-doubt. Just ridiculous. Thinking about yourself as a vulnerable person. I've never thought about myself as a vulnerable person. I'm not aware and I have no doubts. I'm great. I'm so busy all the time with all my emails. I never have a moment to think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the top of my game. There are only 10,000 of us in this industry in the world. I own my own company, have a six-figure income, and I'm fully respected in the industry. All right, whatever. Small industry. Big fish in a small pond. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you should join a proper industry that does something that people need. Because there's only 10,000 of you worldwide. Maybe your industry's nothing. Yeah, maybe your industry's too niche. Yeah. Too niche. Vine stars. (laughs) Can't be that many left in the world. No platform left. (laughs) Oh, I mean... Yeah. I'm the biggest live streamer of opening packets of biscuits. <laughs> I'm good at it and I get the subs. If you could make six figures doing that though, like you'd have every right to be a bit of an arrogant prick. <laughs> I think one person can make six figures doing that. I don't think it's an industry that would hold a lot of people. I think, I think you'd need the novelty value of being the only person <laughs> in the world who does it. I think if there were 10,000 people, then... That would be... It would be too much. It would dilute the brand. Yeah, and actually having said 10,000 is too small an industry to sound viable. 10,000 if it's opening biscuits on YouTube is too big an industry to sound viable. Too big an industry. Yeah. Can't sustain it. Am I being unreasonable? Opening crisp packets upside down. DH just opened a packet of Walker's Marmite crisps upside down and I told him that's what psychopaths do. He disagrees. Am I being unreasonable? No. But the bigger question here is what are Walker's Marmite crisps? Well, they're Walker's crisps flavoured like Marmite. Oh, like Twiglets. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I think they sound delicious. Could go either way. I... Could go either way. I would eat the Marmite crisps. Not a huge Marmite head, like Twiglets. (laughs) Oh, that's Marmite heads. Yeah, I'm not eating Marmite on stream. That's not my niche. (laughs) ASMR, (laughs) me eating Marmite. (laughs) And people will pay for it. (laughs) I make six figures. I'm powerful in the ASMR Marmite industry. <laughs> uh, so when I was growing up in North, 
In the north. Opening up Chris packets upside down was bad luck. It did not make you a psychopath. Unless, I guess if you wanted bad luck, that's that's a weird pathology. I don't think that's what a psychopath is. I think but psychopath as a term is hugely overused. Yes. Particularly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only using it because ZOP used it. Yeah. But it's unlucky. I don't think it's a sign of mental illness. In the DSM? I mean, the DSM sucks. Maybe it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. DSM-6. Opening crisp packets upside down. Yeah. Disorder. <laughs> Syndrome. If only that were how kids teased each other. Hey, what you're doing is in the DSM, which is problematic. <laughs> if we ever what have you're a... doing is in the DSM-4, now overridden by the DSM-5. <laughs> if we ever have a kid, I'm going to teach them that as the insult to use in the playground. Do it. And then they'll be in a lot of trouble at school. But it will make me laugh when I get called in to explain it. <laughs> So I would never open a packet of crisps upside down intentionally. I've done it by accident. And what do and you again, do when you like, do it on accident? Do you just put them in the bin and start again and pretend it never happened? I smash a mirror and walk under a ladder. Oh. No, that would be double bad luck. That would be triple bad luck. Triple bad it? luck. And then you put new shoes on the table. Never heard that one. New shoes on the table really confuses me because, like, is it bad luck or is it just pointless? Why are you putting your shoes on the table? Better new shoes than old shoes, I guess, but... When does that end? This is like the gremlins feeding at midnight question. I suppose... When does a shoe stop being new? Once you've worn them out. Like, worn them outside, not once you've mm-hmm, worn them mm-hmm, out and they're flapping. Mm-hmm. What about if you need to relace them? Because shoes that you buy come weirdly laced and you put them on the table to do so. You're going straight to jail. <laughs> Bad luck, jail. Uh, I don't know, but I have actually got a pair of trainers that I've only worn out once and I do need to relace them because they were flapping about because they were laced up badly, so I better just sit on the floor to do it. Well, we've only got one table and many surfaces. Well, we've got a little coffee table too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Two tables. Yeah. But many surfaces. Three tables, including the end table. Yeah, so... Three whole tables <laughs> for Gre- two people. So greedy. Bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> Completely bourgeois. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't open a crisp packet upside down. I can't think of any reason you would. Uh, I'm not details focused. I'd do it. I used to... Go was, to... was it unlucky where you grew up? Or um, was it... it used to make a girl I went to school with scream. Oh, no. But she was very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but if she saw it, she'd go, no! She'd also scream if anyone ever spilled a bit of a fizzy drink. Like, you know, if you open it and it fizzes up and then you're like, ah, and you hold it away from you so it fizzes somewhere else. She'd scream at that because she thought it was wasteful. It's like, well, it's just as wasteful if it goes all over my sleeve. But then also I've got a mucky sleeve. I'd rather it just goes on the floor over here. Unless he's opening the crisp packets upside down, as in the crisp packet is oriented the correct way, but he's opening it at the bottom. So all the crisps spill out, <laughs> cascade onto the floor. <laughs> He holds it above his head. He holds it aloft. He opens his mouth. Tips his head back. Opens his mouth. Release the crisp. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to call things psychopathic, but that's more psychopathic. Yeah. Yeah. Is that in the DSM? No. Again, no. 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 But that would be the worst way to open crisps. But if he had a bowl underneath, because he intended to put them in a little bowl for picking at... Like, if he was having a few people over and he was going to put them in a bowl for a spread, if he opened them from the bottom there, held them at the top, he's just saved himself the work of upending the bag. This is efficient. When, this is just efficient. When the world opens again and we go to a party where you have to bring something, mm-hmm. I want to bring some Pringles, turn the Pringle scan upside down and open it from the bottom while staring <laughs> everyone in the eyes. Oh. What a power move. The bottom is metal. What are you going to do? Use a tin opener? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Which you produce from your pocket. 
an inside pocket in a fancy jacket. <laughs> I'll handle the Pringles, lads. <laughs> <laughs> the AP has come back after a few people have said that they agree that it's wrong to open the bag upside down and said surely they just wouldn't taste the same if they're being eaten upside down. Well, because all the flavour is in the first bit. And then people are saying, yeah, you'll get all the little bits. All the little bits would be first. But they wouldn't because the little no, bits the fall little between bits the... Gravity! There's no diff- There's no difference qualitatively to, to eating the crisps upside down. It's just... It's bad luck. It's just aesthetics. Someone later on says, when I was at school, eating the crisps upside down was considered gay. I did it by accident a few weeks ago and thought, this would be a funny way to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which I quite like. Yeah. I love the idea of someone who's been like wondering how to come out for a long time and they've been thinking about it since school and they're like, school, of course. And they've sat down with their family, they're in the little pub beer garden, they're meeting up after a while, they open the crisps upside down, looking everyone in the eye. They think, yeah, I've done I've it. I've done it, I've done it. And then someone's like, you psychopath. And you're like, oh my God, homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They feel like they've come out through this expansive gesture of the crisps. And then the next the family here is the invitation to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, the crisps. I, I told you. A day in the pub. Now someone said, oh, I bet he bites through all four fingers in a Kit Kat in one go, too. Which is, how would you do that? They're really wide. Like, there's no comfortable way you could get all four fingers of a Kit Kat in your mouth to bite into. No, I don't think I have the biting power, but I've seen it done. I've seen photos of it on uh, Twitter.com. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I think they need to set up a test where they open one, a blind test, they open one pack of crisps the right way around yeah. and one over, upside down, put them in bowls and have them taste test it. Like on super testers. Super, super. But have the bags been held so that one has just cascaded down and one's been upended? Because that would redistribute some of the flavour stuff. Or have they both been opened with the opening at the top and then upended? Or both been opened with the opening at the bowl end at the bottom? We're going to need a lot of bowls to test all these. Okay. How many variations would you get? I think just four, actually. I think just the four. Okay. We'll do. Well, no, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. (laughs) We've both got jobs. Yeah, but we work from home. Think about all the commuting time that we're saving. (laughs) Come on! Uh, and then someone has said, it is bad luck. He's damned. So, we'll move on. <laughs> Jeez. Damned for eternity for the Village of the damned. But it's just people eating crisps the wrong way. And they don't yeah. feel damned at all. They're you quite happy. To, you get to hell and they tell you what you did. And you're like, what? I didn't know. I didn't know. But then you find out that the only punishment is that in this... You, you've lived a virtuous life. You've worked for charities. You've worked overseas. You've helped volunteer with, with sick children. Mm-hmm. You've, you've given your life to worthy causes. Yeah. But then you die and you go to hell and they say, you opened a crisp packet upside down. You're damned, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the book. You're on the list. <laughs> You're damned. <laughs> You're coming in. One more. Am I being unreasonable? Facebook purchase. Illegal tender. I just sold an item on Facebook for a fiver. Left it outside for the person to collect and says, just stick the money through the letterbox. She's done that. Cash is in an envelope. But one of the coins is an old £1, so it's not legal tender. Am I being unreasonable to be a bit annoyed? It's only a quid. It doesn't matter really, but I think it's a bit bloody cheeky. Is there anyone, apart from the English, apart from the British, who use the phrase legal tender as much as we do? It's the English, isn't it? It's the English. I I, I said English, and then I was thinking of uh, Scottish notes and how they're legal tender. Yeah, but I think it's English people who talk about that. I think there was a very annoying Michael McIntyre bit where he bounced about with his hair. 
That's legal tender. And yes. I think most Scottish people are just like, I write fuck off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a thing the English think the Scots care about. Yeah, English people go to Scotland, they come back with one of the jaunty £5 notes with the little mouse on it, or Jack Nicklaus or something. Then they go to the shop and say, that's legal tender. And the shop are like, I don't give a fuck, mate. It's only the English who talk about legal tender. I genuinely can't imagine Scottish people caring enough. (laughs) I also found out from someone who was studying law in Scotland, and who is now a practising lawyer, Scots law, that legal tender isn't like a thing. Like Scottish money is not legal tender yeah, in England. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was the case. I think it's a misunderstanding. Yeah. So I was just looking it up actually to see um, if, if it is, if this is a real thing. It is funny. But I, don't, I don't, yeah. It's funny that they've said illegal tender rather than old coin. <laughs> like trying to criminalise this money. It's fine. It's fine. It's just an old coin. No banknotes are legal tender in Scotland. Scottish banknotes are legal currency, however they are not legal tender anywhere in the UK. Well then. There we go. Michael McIntyre, check your facts. Life's too short to fact check Michael McIntyre. <laughs> redo your stand-up. Oh no, don't don't redo your stand-up, it's fine. Honestly, don't worry about it. Michael McIntyre's one of those people, isn't he, where you mention that you like comedy and people are like, oh, let me recite a Michael McIntyre bit that wasn't that funny when Michael McIntyre did it. So I'm going to butcher it and you're going to laugh. <laughs> oh, heavens. Peter K. a lot of people have heard of garlic bread. A lot of people have had garlic bread. It's not as revelatory as you're making out. <laughs> In your 2001 stand-up. Yeah, I think the bigger problem is people who still quote that now. <laughs> like, uh-huh. You know that more stand-up has come out since then. There wasn't just one stand-up. Newer stand-up. Stand-up about COVID. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stand-up. Um, but that doesn't get to the crux of the matter here. The crux of the matter is this criminal pound coin has been put through this person's letterbox against their will. Yeah, I mean, this may, see, this may seem like a small matter, but you really do need to call the police. You've only received have, 80% of what you thought. Yeah, you really do need to have the local constabulary look into this <laughs> and do a full investigation, because this is, this is against the law, <laughs> and cops need to be involved. And, I mean, effectively, it was £5. They've only paid you £4, but they've taken the goods, so they've actually stolen they've actually from you. They've actually stolen that, and theft is, is real. Property is a real and important thing that should exist. Yeah, they've so committed two crimes. to protect that property. Yes. Because that's what the police are for. Absolutely. The protection of property. Yes. And then they should put this person in prison, another system which should, should exist. Should exist. Yeah. Is, is good and should exist. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Someone has said, just think yourself lucky they gave you the money. In that scenario, they could have walked away with the item and not paid anything. Which I feel is a bit like me saying in a previous episode that if someone broke into your house and used your hairdryer, you should just be <laughs> yeah, pleased that they them. showed the initiative. <laughs> yeah, good on them. They saw a loophole and they, they exploited it. <laughs> I didn't think it through. Someone has said legal tender has nothing to do with it, which, yep, yep. which we've already discussed. Um, someone said our corner shop still takes them and they just bank them because obviously they can't give them out as change. Maybe try asking at smaller local retailers if anyone will take them for your purchase. Don't go to little independent shops that have been through quite enough and say, oh, I've got this pound. Can I I spend my pound here? I'm the pettiest woman alive and here's a pound. What do you think the shops are doing? They're taking them to the bank. Why don't you go to the bank? This is is just a pound. No, I don't know. Donate it to charity or something. Would a charity want this or would it be too much faff to convert it? 
It depends. People on mums that are so funny about, I only support little local charities. That it would probably be one that was too much faff to convert. I imagine that big charities that have got hordes and hordes of collection boxes probably get them in a big enough quantity That's that it's not a problem. That's thinking, Like a big charity will have the infrastructure to handle that already in place. But I think the same sort of person who says, oh, it's illegal tender for a thing like someone on Facebook is the sort of person who would only donate to a cat sanctuary <laughs> run by their neighbour, Betsy. <laughs> just burn it. Just fucking burn it. Um, it's only a pound. Yeah, lots of people have said, don't they still fit in trolleys? Just use it as a trolley token. You'd pay a pound for a trolley token, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I really hope that the thing that wait, she wait. sold was a trolley token. Yeah, I, I just had a look at the OP again, and I had it in my head that it was a note. So I was thinking, it's super old. Yeah, it's sell it. really old. No, no, it's just a round pound. That's why I said burn it. Oh. You can't burn a regular pound. You can, but I mean, it costs you more than the pound to get the level of <laughs> heat and energy. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally burning money. Yeah, casting it into Mount Doom. <laughs> Just throw it in the sea, babe. Just give it to this other Just person. Someone's not going to look in the sea. <laughs> yeah, use it for the parking meter at the beach, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I had the thought that it was a pound. But if it was a pound note, sorry. But if it was a pound note, yeah, you could sell that yeah. to a collector for a pound. <laughs> I was looking at those um, limited edition Peter Rabbit 50p pieces the other day, and for a set of five of them, it was £15 plus postage and packaging. Like, mate, nonsense. Hey, that's 18 50 for literally £2.50. Yeah. They have the value on them. Yeah. They, they, they literally the represent on value. Them. That's all they do. They are a token of a specific value. Yeah. None of this exchange value is real. But as far as non-real things go, that's pretty clear. Yeah. But it, it's got the value printed on it. That is as clear as the chips you get at the casino at the non-essential fish and chips. This limited edition Beatrix Potter coin, this limited, limited edition Beatrix Potter 50p, is worth 50p by definition. It's the sort of thing that people buy for small children and they say, this is a collector's item, this will be worth a lot of money one day, and then the kids lose it. <laughs> or at some point they just crack into it to go and buy themselves some sweeties. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Should we do one more speed round? Yeah. One more round. One more round. Am I being unreasonable? Neighbours exercise noise. Oh yeah, always exercise grunting and like they're playing tennis. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being unreasonable? Would you rather? Would you rather find a pound coin or get lost at the beach? And am I being unreasonable? Am I not important enough? No. <laughs> and am I being unreasonable? Name one thing that is the bane of your life. Uh, one pound, old one pound coins. Round pounds. Round pounds. Round pounds. Things will be great when we're round, round pounds. pounds. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Hundred next. The yeah. big one zero zero. Get a letter from the Queen. I don't think that's true. And I Every podcast one. gets a letter from the Queen <laughs> when it hits 100 episodes. God, she'd be so busy, wouldn't she? Everyone's got a podcast. From the Queen of Podcasts, Sarah Koenig. <laughs> <laughs> Founder of the first podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put together a fake letter from Sarah Koenig to send to you for our 100th podcast. A special gift. A gift of love. Well, speaking of podcasts, I was on the Cinetopia podcast talking about the Oscars, talking about the Oscars short films, talking about Promising Young Woman, Black Bear, and Sound of Metal, and not Nomadland, because they didn't send me a screener. Rude. But listen to that, to listen to me talk about those films. Great. 
Um, I've had some poems out. They're on linkshire.ee slash Helen Sealis Bowie. Read those. Yeah, read those. Or don't. It's fine, really, isn't it? Read those, feel something. Yeah, or don't. So poems work. Yeah, great. Great. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day. When I felt the way that I do right now. Right now. Right now.